Entrepreneur on Fire, Episode 71. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fire Nation, I've been inspired to release a parallel podcast to Entrepreneur on Fire, which I'm calling The Great Business Experiment. Starting December 24th, 2012, I'll be interviewing one entrepreneur a week for 10 straight weeks who ran a successful Kickstarter campaign. They will share their journey and the secrets as to how they did it. Simply search iTunes for The Great Business Experiment and get the inside scoop on the incredibly exciting world of crowdfunding. Okay, let's get started. I am simply exhilarated to introduce my guest today, Joe Polizzi. Joe, are you prepared to ignite? Absolutely, John. Let's do it. All right, man. Joe is an author, speaker, and evangelist. He is a content marketing expert dedicated to helping companies grow profits by creating better content. In fact, he is one of the founders of the content marketing movement. I've given Fire Nation a little background, Joe, but why don't you take it from here Tell us a little bit about yourself, how old you are, where you're from, and then get a little bit into your business. I'll be happy to, John. I'm, uh, boy, it's hard to believe I'm 39 now. Yikes. I, I know, it's crazy. I'm, I, st- <laughs> I started uh, the company, which is the holding company, which is Z Squared Media, but the brand name that we go by is Content Marketing Institute. Uh, we just celebrated our fifth year. We're going on six. So we are very excited, uh, been, been fairly successful here the past couple of years, but we can get into that. Um, and basically my passion revolves around content marketing. And if anyone's not familiar with content marketing, it's the idea that all companies need to be thinking and acting like publishers today, where we needed to be doing less interruptive type marketing, like advertising and sponsorship and more creating our own valuable, relevant, compelling content on a consistent basis like publishers do. And that's how we can grow our businesses. And and basically to grow our business, to grow my business, that's exactly what we've done. We've sort of uh, created our own media company and that's helped us uh, grow pretty fast over the last couple of years. Mm, Very clear, very precise. I have an inkling of a thought that wasn't your first time ever giving that little spiel. I've I've done a few of these before. I think most of my I think we'll get to where I spend most of my time, but a lot of it's actually doing interviews, which I love doing. So. Oh well, it's off to a great start. I appreciate taking the time to join Fire Nation today, and we'll use that to transition now into our first real topic, which is our success quote. Because Entrepreneur on Fire is all about getting the motivational ball rolling and getting people excited about the content that you have to share with us throughout this interview. So, Joe. What do you have for us for your favorite success quote? Boy, the, my favorite success quote is the first one that I ever found. It was on the back of a sugar packet. My father owned a restaurant. It was called Polizzi's Restaurant. I was like, shoot, four or five years old. And, uh, and I kept this sugar packet for a long, long time. But I always remember the quote and still have it. And it says, if you have tried something and failed, you are vastly better off than if you had tried nothing and succeeded. So that is, and I, I remember it all the time. I think about it almost every day. And it's almost along the lines of kind of uh, Richard Branson's philosophy of screw it, let's do it. And um, that's kind of how we live. And I think if, if, I, didn't, if I didn't have that uh, going for us, I don't think I'd be where I was today because most people thought we should have never started the business in the first place. 
What a great idea for that sugar packet. Do you remember what brand that was? No, it had sugar. No, it was it was a white sugar packet. It just said sugar on the outside, and all the sugar packets had quotes on the. They had no. They they weren't. It, it said it didn't say anonymous or anything. It just was a quote. It probably was complete copyright infringement on somebody's <laughs> quote, <laughs> but it just had that quote, and I've kept that uh, near and dear to my heart. So whenever I get down on the business, uh, I always think about that. And uh, I try to think about somebody saying it in Yoda's voice, actually. I think it sounds more exciting. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I will do a little Google search and see if for the show notes, if I can actually attribute that to somebody. But if I can't, it will be Sugar Packet. Sugar Packet. There you go. (laughs) So, Joe, get specific real quick with us. Get specific with Fire Nation. Tell us, how have you actually applied this quote to your everyday life? It's funny. We have, I have two boys. Um, they're 11 and 9. We talk about it all the time. And we, it's almost we make fun of the mentality of, uh, you know, there is no, there, you know, we talk about the Yoda thing a lot. There is no try. There's only do or do not. Make your decision. Be very clear with what you want to accomplish. Dream big. Uh, when I started the company in 2007 with the support of my wife, who's co-founder in the business with me, uh, you know, I remember getting calls from a lot of my friends that were saying, Joe, you're crazy. I left a six plus figure executive job in the media business to go and do this. Uh, the kids at the time were two and four. It was a completely stupid thing to do. And, uh, you know, we went and, and looked at the costs and just said, this is where the passion was and just wanted to get it done. And what I've realized, I guess, kind of taking that sugar pack, a quote to the next level what I've realized is that most entrepreneurs don't make it. Most people actually don't start a business because they don't feel they can do it. It's just the belief in yourself and the belief that you can do it and the belief in a bigger idea. So that's just what kind of what I try to instill in my kids. That's the biggest thing that I almost try to live the business or live my life within the business. Like, what is this saying to my children that are, you know, in the, you know, I have a home office. Um, that they can see every day. So if they would be proud of that, if that would be a good representation of how I would want them to live their life, then I kind of, this is how we do it. And I would never, ever want them to back down from anything. So it's just like, boy, if you're passionate about something, do it and don't listen to anybody. Don't listen to anybody else. Uh, usually whatever you feel in your, inside your gut is the right way to go. I love that because that is such a common theme with people who are trying to make that initial launch as an entrepreneur is the feedback they get from those around them is always overwhelmingly negative. And it's so sad to see. And being from Maine, this visual is always really struck home from me, but I'll share it now with Fire Nation. And it's that visual of the crab bucket. When you have a bunch of crabs in a bucket, you always have one crab that's trying to crawl out of that bucket. And as soon as that crab comes close, All of his buddies will grab him and drag him back down. Never fail. And I'm telling you, I've seen it firsthand. I've heard it multiple times, used as an analogy and as a reference. And that is exactly what happens to entrepreneurs. You were brave. You struck out on your own. Your friends, even subconsciously, I'm sure they wished you well, but they were trying to drag you back into what you were currently doing and you were successful at probably for what they thought was for the better good. But as you know now, you were able to silence what they were saying and go forward in your own direction. Well, you're exactly right, John. I mean, the thing is, is that 
And and that I think the biggest problem with that happening is you can create so many different excuses. Like it's not the right time. I don't have enough money. It's not the right idea. It's not the right niche. I mean, you can go on and on because I had all of them and still do this. I mean, you still question if you're doing the or having the right direction. But um, but that's that's the biggest thing. I would just tell everybody out there. No, it's not the right time. It never will be. It's not the right idea. It probably probably 10 other people have that idea, maybe a thousand other people. And that's kind of what you learn as an entrepreneur and a business is it's not about the ideas. It's about the execution. It's all about execution because most of the people have great ideas uh, for, I mean, I'm sure every, you know there were a thousand people that had Jobs' idea for the iPad, which he stole from somebody else, but he, he executed in a different way. It's all about execution. It's all about execution. You're exactly right. I just got done reading the Jobs biography. And I mean, Apple was built off of stealing Xerox's idea. I never knew that Xerox, the copy machine. <laughs> it's so crazy, man. That's, that's what I, you know, when I even talked to my oldest son about Steve Jobs, I mean, Steve Jobs didn't have an original thought. He just took the best of everybody else's and said, boy, let me, let me move it and just, just iterate it just a little bit. Just a little bit, and that's all he needed. And by the way, and he was a master marketer. Master, master marketer. And let me tell you, I'm getting so fired up right now, and I'm positive we probably already had a, a hundred listeners stand up from their cubicle, walk to their boss's office, and quit. So before we keep going down this and have too many people just get so fired up, let's go to the next topic because I could talk about this all day, and we'll continue to do so. But the next topic we're going to talk about is failure because as an entrepreneur, man, do we face failure. And you know what? We need to embrace failure because if we're not failing, we're not improving and we're not growing as entrepreneurs. So it's our job to fail every single day. Joe, you've had an amazing journey as an entrepreneur. Take us back to a time when you failed or when you've really had to overcome an incredible obstacle. Share that with us. Boy, there's been so many little failures and I guess you just try to learn from them along the way, but probably the biggest one. So started the company in 2007. Uh, my first brand name was Junta42. Junta42 is like the eHarmony for content marketing. So we tried to be a little matchmaking place for brands and companies that were trying to get content created. And it was going well. We matched up over a thousand uh, different projects. But in 2009, I started to see that the business model wasn't working from a financial standpoint. So we were getting notoriety where the brand was getting out there. But uh, boy, I had a come to Jesus meeting, and I remember really well in the backyard. Uh, my, one of my customers just said that they weren't going to renew, and it was the best ROI that I showed to any customer that we had. Basically, I, you know, we gave them a million dollar project through the system, and they didn't re up, and re up was about five thousand dollars. And I said, "Wow, if our my best case study doesn't re up, this whole thing is going to fail." And I, it made me, my heart was broken. It was like, I just came to the realization that this is not going to work this way. And I've you know, had all the thoughts of, oh my gosh, I, I should have never done this. Like, but should I go back to Pet Media where I was an executive? I mean, I had all thoughts. Yeah, I mean, it was going. And then, you know, had that little moment there where I felt sorry for myself uh, because the money wasn't there. I mean, we made a lot of sacrifices as a family uh, to get to this point. As most entrepreneurs do, we bootstrapped the whole thing. And then after feeling sorry for myself, I said, all right, well, what do we need to do and overcome this? And I did the notorious pivot. And that pivot was I changed the entire business model from this online service company 
matchmaking company to a, a, a business model, which is now a media company model, where we were, where I said, okay, well, if we feel we're the leading experts in content marketing, what can we do? We launched that was that day. Made the decision that we were going to launch an event, which ultimately became Content Marketing World. We, I said, I'm going to launch a magazine, a print magazine, mind you, that everybody said was the stupidest idea in the world. I said, I'm going to launch a print magazine in this market, and the market in 2009, as you remember, is not very good. Not good. Um, so we launched a print magazine called Cheap Content Officer, and we launched a whole um, new brand. Basically, the Junta 42 brand does not exist anymore, and we have a new brand called Content Marketing Institute, which everybody knows us at now, and did that pivot. And, um, you know, I guess the biggest thing, the, the biggest thing that I learned is I fell in love with the idea of Junta 42. That was my baby. That was the thought that, that I, you know, left everything for. And I just had to say, you know what, it's not about that. I, I, you know, you can't fall in love with this stuff. I had to make the business decision of going in a different way. And that, and that day in my backyard is when Junta42 died and Content Marketing Institute was reborn. And it was the worst and the best day of an entrepreneur that I've had. Pivoting has to be a tool in every single entrepreneur's toolkit. You have to be able to have that flexibility when you see the writing on the wall. And I've referenced this book multiple times because it's so great for entrepreneurs just to really learn from and to read and to embrace. And that's Seth Godin's book, The Dip, because there's a lot of ways to look at that book. But basically, The Dip is really, it really does a great job explaining on how a lot of companies cannot make it through the dip and they just are down in that dip period, which always comes. And then they end up quitting or just failing right before that end line that where they would actually start to see an increase in what they're doing. And then at the other times, there's companies that just continue to push through the dip and actually still hit that wall because there's just nothing there for them. And you were in that second category where you were going along and you were still pushing forward because you were in love with what you were doing. And then you finally realize that, hey, this is just not going to work. This is not a dip. This is absolutely a canyon that's never going to improve. And you were able to make that pivot. And so I really commend you for being able to, one, ride out the dip and really see it to its end and then make a successful pivot. Those are two things that a lot of entrepreneurs fail in doing, and you were able to succeed in both. Uh, it, and and I think the biggest thing is, and you mentioned this, it's like, you, boy, every entrepreneur falls in love with their first idea. Uh, but now, you know, you kind of have to look at the, at the bigger picture. And, uh, and I think the other thing that I, this is what I learned. And I had a couple really good mentors at the time kind of show this to me, which is another important thing, right? I mean, have some mentors that are willing to call BS and tell you that you're not, you know, <laughs> you're not so great that you may want to look at things, you know, they'll, they'll support you as an entrepreneur. And they do that by being honest with you, which I can't say enough. But I think that, what, what I was told by enough people was is that the business model I had was limiting in the way that we weren't thinking big enough. And I had enough people say, Joe, look, you've got a great idea, but you're not. And basically said, this company's doing this and this company's doing that. You need to be doing that and more. You're not thinking big enough. And that was, and boy, I thought I was thinking big, right? I'm an entrepreneur. I started my own company. It's fantastic. <laughs> what are you talking about not thinking big enough? I put everything on the line. But the real thing was we weren't thinking big enough and, I, and the, the ideas, um, that which now, you know, the mission is basically I want to see more of every company around the world uh, spending more of their money on creating their own content and own information rather than advertising. That's a big, hairy, audacious goal, I think. 
as basically seeing a total switch. And we're starting to see that, which is fantastic. But I was just focusing on this little teeny product, and I think we were thinking more of ourselves than the industry at large. And I think when we took the next step, it made all the difference in the world. That is valuable insight. We're going to use that now to transition to our next topic and kind of get back into your journey as an entrepreneur. You were so generous in sharing with us a major struggle and a failure that you've had. So thank you for really giving us a peek inside your life as an entrepreneur. But let's go to the other end of the spectrum now, and that's the aha moment. That's that moment where this light bulb just came on, where the clouds parted and the sun just shined through. I know you've had a lot of small aha moments in your life, and you continue to do so every day, but can you pick out one large aha moment that you've had and share it with us? You know, I've been thinking about that, John. It's so hard. <laughs> You're right. I've, if I was to answer the question, honestly, I'd say there's probably been a thousand little ones. Um, I think the, I, the idea came when a couple things. I think first off, the book, right, actually writing a book. Um, first of all, you'll never make money off of a book. I mean, unless you're, you know, J.K. Rowland or John Grisham or whatever the case is. There's very few people that make money actually off of the distribution of a book. But what a book can do is it can change your business and have people look at you differently. And it basically open up doors and opportunities. And publishing Get Content, Get Customers, which was the first book that I co-wrote with Newt Barrett, it was amazing on how many doors it opened and started to get calls for keynote opportunities for guest posts on uh, very important websites. Uh, and then, you know, the one, one amazing point where I said, oh, this is really cool is I started getting calls from Europe to come over and do keynotes over there. Basically, they'd never seen me before, never saw a video, didn't know if I could speak, but they knew I wrote this book. And that was amazing to see that. And I said, wow, this content stuff really works. And I said, well, what if, what if we do more of that? So I think based on the first book and then into the second book and the idea where you create, I call it a pillar of content, pillar, pillar type content, where it is revolutionary type content for your target audience that you could be creating. And it opens up unbelievable doors. So it's, it, it probably was actually getting that book out in distribution. That, but we self-published that book. McGraw-Hill actually called us. They saw the success of the book. They found a, a white paper that I wrote based on the book, and they called up and they purchased the rights to it and started distributing it that, that way. So um, I guess that's probably, that's probably the big one is to say, wow, if you, you really – a blog and a book. If you're, if you're an entrepreneur, you got to have a, a, an amazing blog and an outstanding industry-moving book, and it will open so many doors for you you will not believe. Love it. Love that insight. Love that content that you're sharing with us. And on that note, have you had an I've made it moment, Joe? Oh, man. It was... <laughs> I got on stage for Content Marketing World. So Content Marketing World is our big event. So we have... It's the largest industry conference now. We had over 1,000 people at the most recent one. But our first event in 2011. So as I was talking about, you know, that pivot moment where I was in the backyard feeling sorry for myself. I said, we're going to launch an event. Well, that event, the start with was, oh, it's like, oh, let's do an event, like 150 people. Well, 600 showed up for that event, and I got up on stage at the opening of that event. And mind you, an orange NASA suit, uh, because I've got this thing for the color orange, but that's <laughs> we could talk about that later too. Sure. Um, we got up on stage and saw 650 people or something in front of me. And I really was like, I almost had a tear in my eye. 
it just said, wow, you know, this is, this is it. This is big. Uh, these are people that spent over a thousand dollars each to go to this event. And I said, wow, this is, this is going to happen. This is, this is working. So that was probably the one where I could get up there and cause you, you, and online, I mean, most of our stuff is online content. So you don't really see the people engaging in your content, but when you get 600 people that register at an event and you can see them and look them in the eye, I tried to make it to every one of those people and shake their hand and thank them for coming. That's a great, I've made a moment. It's very visual and it just rings so true with what you've done and what you've created. And it's so important as entrepreneurs to actually appreciate the achievements that you've accomplished. And you are obviously doing that in a lot of areas with your business, with your family, with everything that you're doing. So it's great to see and I definitely commend you on that, Joe. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. So let's move into your current business now. You have a lot of things going on in a lot of different areas. You're really being everywhere. You're embracing that mentality and I love to see it. But what's one thing that's really exciting you about your business right now? You know, I, I thought about this for a little bit, John, and I think the most interesting part and where I get a lot of questions from entrepreneurs on how we do it. So we were, you know, we were blessed enough to make the Inc. 500 this year. So I was just thought that was a cool thing. And the staff felt, you know, like that was an awesome thing. But as we went through the employee numbers, <laughs> we had the least amount of employees of any of the 500 companies on that list. And what, what I love about, what gets me excited about our business model is the fact that we have a lot of um, flex time people that work for us. Probably, I mean, if you looked at them, by over 20 like flex time people that work in the middle of the night or first thing in the morning because they want to take their kids to school and they want to write here and do that. I love the fact that this business model that we're doing right now would have not existed you know, five, 10 years ago. And we can work it where we've got people from all over the world working and they work when they want to and they're completely happy and they're vested in the business, but they don't have to come into the office every day. I just love that. That is great. And that is something to be extremely excited about. And you're so right. Even as recently as five years ago, this stuff just wasn't as possible as it is now. So on that note, what is your vision for the next five years? What do you see Joe Polizzi doing and being five years from now? Oh, there's such a long way to go. I mean, if we're looking at the industry of content marketing as a bell curve, I mean, we're still in early adoption phase, which is really cool for the business model. So we've, I, I don't know. I, I guess the biggest thing is I spend most of my time right now uh, in interviews like this and in meetings. Uh, my job is to think bigger in, and hire really, really smart people to to grow the business. And I need to make sure that I'm out. I read an article in Inc. Magazine this week, actually, about a CEO that, that said his job is not to be in the office. His job is to be outside of the office because I can have a clearer vision of what's going on with the industry and my company if I'm not in the office. I just thought that was interesting. <laughs> and I'm trying to almost look at it that way because if I want to serve the employees and then serve our customers, I need to talk to as many people as possible that are you know, getting their hands dirty in the business. So I think ultimately, uh, if we can grow this company and kind of be, you know, when people say who's the leading company in, in content marketing, they could think of Content Marketing Institute. But as a the bigger goal that I mentioned before, I want people to not have to worry about renting somebody else's media channel to get attention. I want them to say, look, we have something important to say uh, and we need to say it and share it and we can share it in this way and they can create their own 
passionate subscribers themselves and they don't have to go outside to do it. I think we've just cracked the surface of that. And until we see the majority of people thinking that way first, instead of thinking, how do we interrupt them to get them to talk about us or to buy our product? We still got a long way to go. Man, that is exciting stuff though. And wow, do I hate to do this because I am just enjoying this content that you are sharing so much. But we have reached a point now where we're at my favorite part of the show, which is the lightning round. I get to ask you a handful of questions, Joe, and you come back at Fire Nation with amazing and mind-blowing answers. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Let's do it. What was the one thing that was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I was waiting for the right time uh, to launch with two small kids, and I thought there would be a right time. And then finally, I had to actually set a date and realize, oh, there's no right time. So anybody listening out there, there's never, ever, ever going to be a right time. Uh, now's the perfect time. So launch your business now. If you waited for the right time, is it fair enough to say that you'd still be waiting? I absolutely would be waiting. This never, ever would have (laughs) happened. It never would have, because there's always something, need more money, need more cash, bad idea, uh, need more exposure, I need a better speaking spot, need to write another book. Uh, There's always, you can think of a million excuses. So just get rid of them. There will always be another excuse. So forget about any of them. What is the best business advice you ever received? Uh, I love, I, it's probably used so much on your show too, John, but I love Richard Branson. I, I would read anything he puts out for the fact that this, the whole idea of the screw it, let's do it. I'm just like that guy when, I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's starting uh, the space, you know, he started spaceships now and the whole oceanic thing that he's got Virgin Oceanic. I just was like, man, he just looks for the biggest problems in the world and see if he can, uh, come up with a solution. And I love that. And I guess what I learned from that is, is that maybe I'm not dreaming big enough. And I ask myself that question all the time. Am I thinking big enough today? And I think we have to ask ourselves that. Yeah. And speaking of ink and you being the ink 500, I just got the new ink in today and shocking who's on the cover, Mr. Richard Branson. I know they could put him on the cover every time. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody would ever get tired of it. Exactly. <laughs> What's something that's working for you or your business right now? I would say um, there's a lot of things, but but brick content. I call it brick content. I stole it from my good friend Jay Bear and and Chris Seitzma over at Convince and Convert. They talk about bricks versus feathers, that most companies put out feather content, basically passing content that nobody else really cares about, that is good for the next five seconds, but won't last. So I try to think about, can we put out lasting information to the industry that is going to change the industry in some way? So we put most of our resources on staff right now from a content perspective saying, can we really move the industry with content that nobody else is providing that is so, so needed by our buyers out there and customers out there? So I'm trying to get our editorial team to think of brick content versus the just the daily of how to five steps, all that. That's fine, but we need more brick content in our world because everybody has more stuff. We all have more stuff and there's more uh, stuff uh, w- the tension problems that your customers have. So don't create more stuff, create amazing content in the form of bricks. I love that. And we did have Jay on the show and it was another great interview that we had with him. Just focus on content. It was so good and such valuable information. Jay's great. So Joe, do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with right now that you can share with Fire Nation? You know, I, d- I don't have one like that, but I guess I would say it's probably Endomondo. And Endomondo is an app that I use that, that keeps track of when I go running. 
Um, and I would say that it, this has been real helpful for me. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs, some are doing it, some are not. I need a time every day where I'm out there working out, like physical activity, like real, like really taking it to the limit. Uh, part of my goals was to set up and be um, to do a half marathon uh, this year. So I've got one in a couple weeks that I'm doing and I'm working out for that. But I would that keeps track of what I'm doing. It keeps me accountable to what I'm doing. And I would say, man, you need to you need to get thinking about not the business at sometimes. And sometimes you get your best ideas when you're not thinking about the business for the business and just start working out or get into some kind of physical activity. I love that resource and to kind of compliment that resource. I just made the purchase of Fitbit, which has been such a positive in my life because what Fitbit does is it counts your steps and counts your miles and counts your calories burned and it logs it all uh, wirelessly to a dashboard. And the beauty is, is you can link it to your friends that have Fitbit. So you better believe that when you're in a competition and your friends all have their live stats being updated about how many steps they've taken, how many miles they've walked or run that day, you better believe that you're going to get out there when you maybe thought that you were a little too tired to do it, when you have something like that kind of spurring you on. So I love Endomondo. Endomondo. Yep, Endomondo, just like it's uh, pronounced. Great, and I will link that up in the show notes, and I'll put Fitbit right next to it because I'm a big believer in that as well. So great, awesome stuff. Joe, what's the best business book that you've ever read? Well, actually, it's funny. I just finished The Hobbit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the movie's coming out soon. Exactly. I want to prepare for the movie. So I've got that done. Uh, but the, the, in the last six months, the business book that I absolutely love, and I'm actually going through it again, is, is a book called Brandscaping uh, from Andrew Davis. Uh, Andrew has been a speaker of ours for the last couple of years, and he wrote this incredible book. And it's really, I don't want to give it all away, but it's about how to leverage your partners to co-create content. Because a lot of entrepreneurs I talk to say, we don't have the resources. We can't do this, Joe. And what Andrew teaches you is how you can leverage your other partners that have similar audiences but are non-competitive to create amazing content. And so I would recommend that. And the book's called Brandscaping. Awesome. We will link that up in the show notes as well. And this is the last question, Joe. I'm pretty excited because you said you're a fan of Tolkien, Mr. J.R.R. himself. So I think you're going to be able to relate to this question. If you woke up tomorrow morning in a new world, this world is identical to Earth, but you knew nobody. You still have all the experience and knowledge that you currently have, but only $500 in your pocket and a computer with internet access. Your food and shelter is taken care of. But what would you do specifically in the next seven days? Well, that's a heavy, heavy question. Heavy. Uh, sounds like what, how, where I was at when I started the company. <laughs> I would say I would set up a WordPress blog, uh, pick a niche so fine-tuned in this area that where I could actually say that I'm the leading expert in this niche uh, because most people go wide. I would you go really deep, really small as you possibly can, and start to create the most amazing, compelling content. I really believe that from an entrepreneurial standpoint, if you can create your content platform first, it opens up all kinds of possibilities for products down the road. So that's what I would do. Create the blog, find your niche, start blogging, start getting active in the right communities. And just let it fly and, com- and don't hold anything back. Give away every secret you can in the world and you will attra- and be authentic as possible. And you'll attract the right audience and, and give yourself the right opportunities. That's exactly what I would do. 
awesome actionable advice, Joe. You've given us great actionable advice this entire interview, and we are all better for it. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, then give yourself a plug, and then we'll say goodbye. Oh, parting piece of guidance. I would just say, look at what you're doing and see. (laughs) Somebody told me the other day, it's just like, are you affecting enough people? Uh, so focus focus on the niche where you can really be the leading expert. And I think that if you do that, you can affect more people in a positive way. So uh, don't be everything to all people. Focus on who your real target audience is and how you can help them. So go go deep and narrow. That's what I would uh, focus on. And um, boy, as a promo, uh, I would just say, boy, if you're interested in anything we got to say, go to contentmarketinginstitute.com. Uh, we've got a, um, our big event will be 2013 September content marketing world will be in, uh, if anybody is listening in Australia, we'll be in Australia, March 4th, 5th and 6th in Sydney for content marketing world, Sydney. And my latest book is managing content marketing. So if you really dig this stuff and you're trying to do it for yourself, managing content marketing, will help you get there. Awesome stuff, Joe. Thank you so much for taking the time to join fire nation, sharing your wisdom. We salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Okay, Fire Nation, are you inspired enough to start your entrepreneurial journey? You need to begin with a platform, and your platform is your website. I've created a video that will take you through the process of buying your domain, installing WordPress, and creating your first post all in under seven minutes. Visit entrepreneuronfire.com slash blue to find out how to access this great video and take your entrepreneurial leap today. Thank you for joining us at EntrepreneurOnFire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.